right, everybody. Welcome back to the Long Lines Podcast. This is the podcast where I answer questions from my YouTube community and just talk about YouTube and filmmaking. My name is Nigel Bajos, and in today's episode, we actually have a kind of a bonus episode. I didn't want to do another Q&A because I feel like I did one pretty recently. So this bonus episode is going to be a little bit different because I actually put out a poll on my YouTube community page and asked you what you wanted me to talk on. And once again, this has happened before, but it's basically a three-way tie. So there was three options and all of them got roughly, I think like 33% of the votes. The topics were YouTube channels that I've been watching a lot in 2022, gear purchases that I've made that I really like, and also cameras that I might switch to in 2023. I'm gonna start with cameras because I feel like that's the easiest one to get through. I wanna like preface this by saying, and really emphasize the might that I might switch to. I'm really, I'm very content with my E-M1 Mark II as my YouTube and short film type of camera. There's nothing wrong with it, so I don't really see myself upgrading, but the cool thing is that there's been a bunch of cameras that have come out recently, and what that means for people like me, and if you're like this, you probably understand it too, when new cameras come out, the last generation or maybe two generations older, those cameras go on sale and they're really cheap. So that's kind of why I put together this little list of cameras that I might switch to. So the first one is a camera that I've been really thinking about because I've been seeing it really, really cheap on eBay and places like MPB, but it's actually the a7 III. It's kind of like my EM1 Mark II in that it doesn't have 10 bit out, but it still has really good autofocus and it has image stabilization. The only things that I feel like I'd be missing are the image stabilization isn't gonna be as good as my Olympus and the colors aren't gonna be as good as my Olympus. Not saying that the Olympus colors are perfect, but, but the Sony a7 III does still have that old Sony color science. The one thing is that I have purchased Phantom LUTs that work with the older Sony color science, so I could use those. Yeah, the Sony a7 III just gives us such a sharp and pleasing image. So that's one thing that like has always intrigued me about that camera is that it's pretty cheap. It's only around like 1200 bucks nowadays and it's full frame. So no more speed boosting, no more having to, you know, calculate focal lengths or anything like that. I can get a vintage 24 mil and it'll be 24 mil on that camera. So that's something that has been kind of appealing to me ever since I sold my Panasonic S5. The next camera is the Sony a6500. Now this is a camera that like I've almost pulled the trigger on buying a couple of times just because that new Sigma lens came out, that 18 to 55. And that seems like just a perfect combo, like a little Sony a6500 with that Sigma 18 to 55 F2.8. And that's just like a perfect little run and gun setup. The only reason why I wouldn't get that is because I've been watching more and more reviews on that camera from like way back when, and it still seems like it'll overheat sometimes. And the autofocus is not 100% reliable, so that's the only reason why I wouldn't go for the a6500. Uh, the next camera that I've, you know, kind of talked about on this podcast a few times is the Fuji X-T3. Now, I'd lose IBIS, but I would gain 10-bit 420, which is kind of nice, and it's, you know, Fuji and Olympus, I feel like, are kind of in that same, like, their body styles are very similar, and I really like the Olympus body styles, but the X-T3, you know, has a bigger sensor, and it doesn't have as good an autofocus, so I'd miss that as well, but I'd basically just be gaining a bigger sensor and 10-bit. That's the main things that you would gain with a Fuji X-T3. That's something that I've been considering. The Canon M50 has been another camera. My Canon EOS M was kind of what like launched my channel. Like I started with that camera a long time ago. Well, I mean, I didn't start with that camera, but 
I made a video that kind of went semi-viral with the original EOS M. So the M50, that, you know, Sigma 16 millimeter F 1.4, which I use on my Micro Four Thirds cameras, I could just, you know, get one for the M system and use that as like my 24 mil wide. It shoots 4K in a cropped, no dual pixel mode, which, you know, kind of sucks, but I don't know. I really like the 1080p out of Canon cameras, even though it's not sharp, it's really soft, but there's just something about it that I think looks really, really good. So that's one one camera that I've been considering because it's so cheap. The next camera is the Panasonic G9. That's a camera, again, that I've talked about on this podcast before that I've been thinking about getting just because, again, I would get 10-bit. I wouldn't get as good an autofocus, but I have actually been doing some tests. A buddy of mine has the GH6, and the GH6's autofocus is not as good as Olympus, but, I mean, you can get by with it. So if the G9 is, you know, almost as good as the GH6, I could probably use it for YouTube, but I don't know. Having really good autofocus is something that's really hard to, like, switch out of, which is ironic because it brings me to the last camera that I've been thinking about, which is the Blackmagic Pocket 4K. So I've been thinking about picking that camera up, maybe not switching to it fully, but either that camera or the original. But the 4K, what's kind of cool about the 4K and the 6K that I've been realizing pretty recently is that like you can get an app and as long as you have an autofocus lens, you can control the focus within that app, kind of like a a wireless follow focus. So that's kind of cool. And if I wanted to set it up as like my talking headshot, then I could just use the app to set my focus point, which is pretty sweet. So there are workarounds with Blackmagic cameras and it's just, you really can't beat the image quality that you get for the price. So those are the cameras that I might switch to in 2023. But again, big emphasis on might because I am very content with my Olympus camera. Okay, now we gotta go to gear purchases that I've made this year. Now I actually had to go into like my Amazon and eBay like purchase history just to see like what I've actually bought this year. Being a YouTuber, one of the nice things is that a lot of the gear that I acquire is sent to me and I get to keep it as a, a result of doing a review for it. So so I have a lot of gear that I didn't buy that I could, you know, say was like a really big upgrade or like a really good purchase, but I didn't actually purchase them. So I'm just gonna go with the stuff that I actually bought. So the first one is actually pretty recent. Now, if you're listening to this, I just released a video that was all about the EM10 Mark II and basically the idea of like older cameras trying to make them look as good as possible. Well, ever since I used the EM10 Mark II, I just really wanted the EM10 Mark III because it's basically the EM10 Mark II with 4K. So I ended up selling the M10 Mark II and I picked up the EM10 Mark III for only like 50 bucks more, and it has 4K. It's not as well built as the EM10 Mark II, but it has 4K and, you know, it's a great little B camera. So I picked that up and that's gonna be like my like travel B cam. It shoots 4K, great looking 4K for, you know, how much it costs. It only cost me like, I don't know, 250 bucks or something like that. So. Pretty cheap camera, but really great. Doesn't have like a mic jack or anything, but that'll be the camera that I can throw up on a gimbal. I can throw up on a tripod and get, you know, some behind the scenes stuff. And then paired with that, that Sigma 19 millimeter that I demoed in that recent video, it's a great little combo. It gives me about a 38 millimeter equivalent field of view. And that's perfect for just, you know, walking around, travel, taking shots of people. It's great. All right, next thing that I purchased was actually something that was recommended to me by someone in the comment sections of one of my videos. I have a lot of wireless microphone systems, but one wireless kit that I've never tried that someone was really passionate about was the Godox MoveLink system. And they said that that was the best sounding wireless mic that they've ever used. So 
I wanted to see what the hype was about because they seemed really passionate about it. I picked one up and I've been using it in my YouTube videos, you might notice, and it sounds really, really good. I feel like, I don't know, Godox can really hit it out of the park when it comes to some of their products. Some of their products are better than others, but I mean, the VDS-M2 shotgun microphone, I use that all the time for my audio, and now I use the MoveLink. I have the Comica and the small rig stuff too, and you know, some of them are better for different situations, but the MoveLink for my YouTube videos is great. I love it. All right, the next piece of gear that I bought that I really like is the LG 24 QP500. Now that's a 24 inch monitor that I demoed in one of my more recent videos about my little office space. And the nice thing about that is that it's only like 200 bucks on the used market. I actually got mine for $147. I had to go back in my purchase history. $147, you get 100% of the sRGB range coverage. It has an HDR feature, which I don't really use. And as long as you calibrate it, it's a perfect little budget video editing monitor. And for my space, it's great. So yeah, the LG 24 QP500, great little monitor. And I feel like it's really underrated. Don't use the stand. I would say, again, get like a vase amount stand with it. But yeah, I mean, for the price, you really can't beat it. All right, next up is something that I bought just before I came down here to Texas and it was a Kame TV light stand. Now, this one has like the inverted legs that you kind of like fold out. But this light stand, the nice thing about the lights that I use, I use the Godox ML60 and the ML30. Both of those lights are super small, so I don't actually need a C stand for those. And so I can get these smaller light stands to hold my lights. And this Kame TV one, it is perfect because it's very rigid. It really has never felt like it's gonna collapse on me. And Kame TV, like they make pretty good lighting equipment. And I had to check back, this light stand only cost me $12.99. It was like this crazy flash deal on Amazon. So I bought that because I needed an extra light stand and it's been what's been holding my Godox ML60 with the Fotex Softlighter up this entire year. And it's been great for 13 bucks. I doubt that it'll be 13 bucks now. In fact, all this gear that I'm talking about, I will link in the show notes of this episode. But yeah, this Kame TV one is great. If I can't find the Kame TV one, because I'm pretty sure this one isn't made anymore, I'll try to link another one that I would recommend as well. And last but not least is a product that I actually found out about from watching Camera Conspiracies. If you caught the last episode of this podcast, you'll know that I do watch Camera Conspiracies a lot with Casey. And he uses the Suri 3T35K tabletop tripod. And my van got broken into pretty recently. And one of the things that was stolen out of it was my Joby Gorillapod, which is what I normally use. So I needed another like little tiny vlog tabletop tripod. So I picked that up because Casey swears by it. And so far I've been loving it. It's been a great little thing I can just take to the skate park. It's very inconspicuous. It doesn't draw as much attention as like a Joby Gorillapod would. And it's great, I've been loving it. So yeah, the Siri 3T35K tabletop tripod is great. It's a little expensive, but it's very well built. Okay, and the last topic is one that I'm pretty excited about because I want to give some shout outs to some channels that I've been watching this year. And I watch a lot of YouTube videos, but I wanted to bring some of the channels to light that had under 10,000 subscribers. So there are a lot of other channels that I could probably talk about, but they already have, you know, a well-established channel. So I thought, why not shout out some of the smaller channels that I watch? And they're all really, really good. So the first one is my buddy Cole over at IMCE. He's been doing some crazy videos with the Canon EOS M. He uses a bunch of different cameras, but he actually built out like this little Canon EOS M camera. Like he took it apart 
and he had someone like build like this red komodo style box looking thing and he like put it back together and now it looks like a little like red komodo he's doing some crazy stuff with the eos m but he also uses cameras like he just bought the fx30 i believe he uses the s5 he also uses the em1 mark ii which i actually was cameoed in one of his more recent videos where we're talking about the em1 mark ii so if you're into like you know just like scrappy diy filmmaking cole over at imce is putting out some really great stuff all right the next youtube channel is Thomas Kovacic. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his last name, but he's a filmmaker. He shoots on the Sony FX3 and he actually does a lot of work for other YouTube channels as well. I believe he's done some stuff for Moment and Samuel Elkins, but yeah, he does a lot of really cool videos with his Sony FX3 and he's been putting together this collection of contact Zeiss lenses, which those ones just look amazing. So he shares a lot of helpful tips on filmmaking. So definitely go check out Thomas Kovacic or Kovacic. Kovacic. One of those pronunciations has got to be right. All right, this next YouTube channel is one of my favorites and they are criminally underrated. It's Tenfold Production. They do crazy cool commercials for like Adidas and like all like these different companies and they film it all and they even have like, you know, like they present it really, really well. Someone on their team giving like a little breakdown of the gear that they use and how they lit it. And yeah, they do really, really great work and they're kind of on like that that level of their filmmakers who just happen to put some of the stuff on YouTube, but they put a lot of thought and effort into the videos that they put out on YouTube. So I think they only have, I think they have like under 2000 subscribers, which is crazy because their videos are so good. So yeah, tenfold production, highly recommend it. All right, this next YouTube channel is actually someone that I totally didn't know had a YouTube channel, but I used to talk with him back way back in the day. And that is Rob Lyons over at Super Creative. Now, Rob Lyons, I have known of him because he was on this website that I was on back when I was a teenager called Skate Perception, which is basically like a forum for skate filmers. If you know anything about like maybe like DVX user, it's kind of like that, but this was just for skate filmers. And Rob Lyons was a skate filmer. He's from British Columbia, I believe, but he's been doing some crazy cool videos. I randomly stumbled upon one of his videos where he's talking about all of the uh, different Lumix cameras that he was using. And he used to use a bunch of like Lumix cameras to make these crazy cool videos for like corporate work and photography. And he's recently switched out from the V Micro Four Thirds system and he's actually switched to a Sony A7R two, which is a pretty inexpensive camera. So he's got like that budget aspect to him, but he's also doing professional client work with photography and video. And yeah, he's a skate filmer too. So that's pretty sweet. So yeah, he's definitely got really cool videos that deserve more attention. So, so yeah, Rob Lyons over at Super Creative, great YouTube channel. I'm going to have all of these people linked in the show notes of this video too, just so you can go find them if you want. The next one is Vitor Pinau. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Vitor Pinau. Victor is someone that I've actually mentioned on my channel before because he did this one video with a Panasonic G7 and a Panasonic 20mm F17. It's like this little commercial ad thing that he did and it looks so good, like bonkers good. Like you almost can't believe that it was a G7. It looks like it was shot on like a black magic or some kind of like red camera or something like that. Like it looks really, really good. He really knows what he's doing with the camera and all of his content is basically centered around getting good stuff out of like your GH5, your G7. I think those are the two cameras that he shoots on. 
and these small little tiny lenses too that he does reviews on. So yeah, his stuff looks really good. I think he sells like some pretty cool, you know, text assets and stuff like that. So yeah, go and check him out. Vitor Pignel, I've mentioned him on one of my videos just because I was talking about cheap cameras and the G7. The stuff that he does with the G7 is crazy. All right, next on this list, there's 10 on this list, just so you know. So we're on number six now. Next on this list is actually someone whose podcast I've been on recently, and that is Stephen Bell. So if you'd like to go check out the podcast that I was on with him, I'll obviously leave his channel linked in the show notes. But yeah, Steven's a really cool filmmaker. He used to do a lot of stuff with the Panasonic G9, I believe. So he's done some content centered around that. But yeah, Steven and his buddy Eric run a production company out of... Ontario, I believe, but I think he's also from British Columbia. So, so yeah, he's another great YouTuber that you could check out. I think he shoots on Canon C70s now and maybe the Lumix S5. But one of the really cool things is if you're a fan of Schitt's Creek, he actually filmed a video with some of the cast from Schitt's Creek, uh, Catherine O'Hara, and I forget the other one's name, but yeah, he actually filmed a video with them, which is so crazy. So yeah, definitely go check out Stephen Bell, and you can even see a video podcast with me in it on his channel. So yeah, if you wanna go check that out. All right, next one is Joel Durette or Joel Durate. One of those has got to be right. Yeah, Joel, he does a lot of videos comparing like the dynamic range between different cameras. Like he does it with the EOS M shooting raw, the Blackmagic Pocket 4K and original. And he just has a lot of like a little bit more technical reviews of like, okay, how much dynamic range can we actually pull out of these cameras? He recently did a little video of how to like light something in a really, really small space, which I think is good because it was like a pickup shot for like a short film or a commercial. So yeah, Joel does a lot of really cool stuff too. He doesn't post as often as some of these other people, but if you haven't seen his work yet, you should definitely go check it out. So this next creator is kind of another person who's like, he's a filmmaker first and then he just happens to post some videos on youtube but whenever he posts something i'm just like i'm chomping at the bits to like watch it because his stuff is just so so good and that is corey robinson now corey is actually a friend of spencer sakurai i think they work together a lot but corey's stuff is just so visually appealing to watch and not only visually but Corey he's a, like he's from the sound engineering background so his audio and his sound design is just so so good he's got like a very like fry in his vocals and so whenever he talks it just sounds so good he's had a couple of videos just kind of pop off he did a review of the Blackmagic Pocket 6k Pro against the Sony FX3 that one has really popped off that one was great and he also did one on Leica versus Fuji. And he's just a really cool dude and he makes some incredible videos. Not very often, but when he drops a video, it's like, all right, like, I'm gonna just like sit down and enjoy this. Cause even if you didn't see the visuals at all, just listening to it, like that's one thing that I would say is just go watch that FX3 versus Blackmagic 6K Pro video and just listen to it. It's like, it just sounds so good. So yeah, Corey Robinson is great. All right, next up is Julian Jari. Now Julian, kind of just pops in and out of YouTube every once in a while. He does a lot of work for other companies. Like a lot of the Sennheiser videos, he's done a lot of those. And he's kind of a, he's a Sony FX6 shooter, but he recently released a video that's all about the idea of like buying once or buying twice and how it almost can make more sense to spend a lot of money up front for something that's really, really good, as opposed to just buying a bunch of cheap stuff and having it break on you over time. So yeah, it's kind of a good like, 
alternate angle to my channel where it's just like I talk about a lot of like inexpensive stuff. Julian looks like he's starting a series where he's almost arguing the opposite where it's like instead of, you know, skimping out and getting the cheap stuff, here's the expensive stuff that I've gotten that have lasted, you know, for years and decades. So yeah, Julian Jari's got a bunch of great videos on his channel, like rigging out, you know, Sony cameras and he's, you know, really in like the commercial and documentary space. So if you're into that kind of stuff, Julian Jari is great. And then last but not least is another Canadian, Spencer Turok. Now I started watching Spencer's videos after he reached out to me and said that I could use his assets. And he sent me some of his assets and a lot of like the paper and dust scratch and you know film grain assets that you've seen in my videos that is kind of like the background to a image or something like that or a text those are from Spencer and he has a lot of them and they're really really inexpensive and he also is a YouTuber like he posts videos about the Canon C70 and recently he's been posting videos about the Canon R7 and testing it against the C70 and it almost makes me want to get an R7 because the stuff that he like has made just looks really really good and he's a skateboarder too which is pretty sweet he actually has a video where his dog films him skateboarding which is just nuts so yeah Spencer Torak he's another pretty cool YouTuber and he's got a lot of really useful assets for a pretty affordable price I believe his shop is called the Creative Herd so yeah those are my 10 YouTube channels that I've been watching in 2022. All of them have under 10,000 subscribers. So if you haven't heard of any of those, definitely go give them a sub, go watch some of their videos. And I got a feeling that you'll probably like them. But yeah, we're about to round out the first season of the Long Lens Podcast with 20 episodes, which is crazy. I read somewhere that most podcasts stop after episode seven. So I'm feeling pretty good about being able to get out 20 episodes of the Long Lens Podcast. And for season two, I'm definitely looking forward to talking to more people and maybe bringing some people on to talk about a very specific subject or talk about a new camera release or something like that. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning into this little bonus episode and definitely stay tuned for next week where we have a special guest on. Anyways, once again, thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you all next time. Later!